This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, it's the summer, so we're going to slow things down a little bit. We're going to have a bunch of great chats every week with someone from the lacrosse world. First up, no mercy, Micah Kersey, the first ever head coach for the Halifax Thunderbirds. It's a summer session right here on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans? I hope you are thoroughly enjoying your summer. It is a beautiful day out here on the island. Happy Thursday. How you been? It's been a while. In case you forgot, you can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar, or you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. It has been a while since we've chatted. My junior Bs are on to the second round of the playoffs out here. I'm turning 40 very soon. I'm trying not to think about it. My journal, for those of you who are wondering, is filled with sadness. But to happier times. And a chat with Micah Kersey, the newest and first head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. It has a nice ring to it. We all know him as No Mercy, Micah Kersey, a Rochester Nighthawks Hall of Famer. Well, one day, I would imagine will be a National Lacrosse League Hall of Famer. A guy who has won pretty much at every level he has competed at, he has coached, he has played, and now he gets the chance to lead a National Lacrosse Club for the very first time. Mike and I have competed against each other uh, both in the National Lacrosse League and uh, in the Canadian Summer Leagues. Uh, We battled in the epic 2002 Man Cup With the Brampton Excelsiors and Victoria Shamrocks in this discussion, I find an incredible trivia stat out about Mike in regards to Man Cups. Stay tuned. It's kind of mind-blowing. But Mike has bigger things on his schedule now, and that is being the head coach. And we talk about what life is going to be like for him as a National Lacrosse League coach, what his style is going to be, who of his mentors and former coaches will he emulate, what kind of players does he want. And we kind of run through the gamut of stories, have some laughs, find out some great things, and talk to a guy who is thoroughly excited about the road ahead. He played 141 National Lacrosse League games He had 214 goals, 510 points, a two-time Champions Cup winner, and a two-time Man Cup winner. He is Mike, no mercy, a cursey. Rochester will pick it up and start it the other way. Bounce pass to a cursey, and a goal scores! No mercy from Mike, a cursey. A home run pass by Brad Self. Micah Kersey does the rest. How's the weather where you are? Uh, it's about 40 degrees and sunny right now, so uh, I have zero complaints. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's going to be uh, a lot colder, I think, in Halifax during the winter. Though. Yeah, I think we're going to have a little bit of different weather. Uh, uh, I'm going to do this weather while I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um Congratulations on the appointment as head coach of the Thunderbirds. It had to be a pretty cool honor to get that call. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, you look and there's there's really not a lot of head coaches in the league, and and when you do look down the list, they're uh, they're all a, a real group of special guys and guys that have really contributed in all aspects of lacrosse. So to be a part of of that special group is uh, is truly an honor, and I'm uh, very appreciative for the, of the opportunity. Yeah, I was going through the list. There's only a couple of guys. I think Eddie Como and Maddie Sawyer, the only two guys that actually never played in the NLL. So that's a pretty tight fraternity. It, it is a tight fraternity, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a small league. So you know these these opportunities are few and far between. So so when you get you get that opportunity, you know you jump at it and you make the most of it, and that's what I plan on doing. Obviously, your time in Rochester um, was very memorable. Uh, what were your thoughts when the decision was made of the whole, you know, switching locations and Rochester getting a new team? That had to have been a, a pretty tough year to go through. Yeah, I think it was, it was tough for a lot of reasons. I think, you know, everybody's always unsure of change, and change is, is difficult for a lot of people. And I think, you know, whenever you say, okay, we're we're making a change and the way it was kind of announced early in the year, you know, it puts that, that unsure kind of aspect into your whole season, right? Yeah. Into into the guys, uh, you know. So there is that little bit of insecurity as to, you know, what's the next step, what's the, what's the future going to look like, and uh, you know, obviously we we had our struggles this year. There was there was no doubt about it. But uh, I, I think moving forward, you know, we have a good young group, and um, you know, we're going to have a, a good opportunity in Halifax to to do something special. So I think uh, it's exciting. Have you appointed assistants or guys are going to help you? Or are you still kind of in that process? Uh, in that process, I mean, we've got a pretty good idea of, of where we're going to go with it. And uh, I think, you know, the guys are on board with it. And it'll, it'll come out shortly, but I think it's uh, the names that uh, I think a lot of guys are going to going to recognize, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the coaching fraternity we kind of talked about in the NOL is, is pretty tight. There's Everyone's mm-hmm. always saying, oh, where where's the next? coach going to come from but people don't really realize how many great coaches there are still coaching around in, in the summer leagues and sitting on benches as assistant coach in the national cross league yeah i mean you, you go down uh, the junior list and you know the senior list and you even go into the all and, and junior b like there's just a ton of guys that are you know building that opportunity to, to get a chance like i'm getting right so mm-hmm. um there are a lot of great minds out there and, and guys that are different perspectives on the game and the, and the game, if you really look at it, has changed so much in the last four years, you know, it is, it is a challenge when you, when you start thinking about, you know, who are you going to staff? Because, you know, the game where it was 10 years ago or even where it was five years ago it was, is way different than what we're seeing now and what's being successful now. So you kind of have to, you know, really do your homework and, and try and figure out, is that guy going to be able to make those adjustments? Is this mm-hmm. the guy that's, that's done his homework and understands the way that the game is going. And, uh, you know, is he going to be the right fit? So it is, it's a difficult task. It's not one that, uh, that I took lightly, you know, obviously work, you know, closely with Kurt and, um, and putting together a, a staff that we think is going to be successful moving forward. Have you been invited on his canoe yet? Uh, I have. Yes. I will be <laughs> canoeing actually tomorrow. Oh. Uh, They've they've done a a pretty good stretch so far. They started in the um, McKenzie Creek, actually right at the bank of, of Curtowa, and headed down into the Grand River. And they took the Grand River to Lake Erie, yeah. and um, then they biked actually from Lake Erie to Lake Ontario yesterday. So tomorrow is uh, it's monster in Lake Ontario. So I'm going to be 
you're part of, of that stretch. So, you know what, when you, when you really think about it, you, you start to think like, this is like, what are we doing here? Like, this is, this is a little bit uh, crazy of an adventure, yeah. but when re- you really start to look at the reasonings behind it, I, I think it has a lot of meaning, uh, not only for, for Kurt and the indigenous peoples in, in Ontario, but those that we're bringing the game to in Halifax and in Nova Scotia, I mean, it's not really a part of the traditions out in the Micmacs, which are found in Nova Scotia. So, so we're bringing not only a team there, we're, we're bringing a game that is new, is new to them. And I think that that's a spiritual journey for Kurt. And I think that it's something that's very important for Kurt to get this journey done. So, you know, the whole team and, and the community at large is going to, is going to really try and make this happen and be a part of that journey with them. So I think it's a really cool, a cool thing and, and something that you're you're definitely going to have stories about. You know, I was yeah. talking to earlier, and, you know, he was with Kurt early in the adventure and, uh, you know, they dumped the canoe and, you know, we were kind of laughing about some <laughs> of the things that, that kind of goes on, you know, you got yeah. a lot of time to, to spend in the canoe to get to know somebody. So, uh, so I think it, it's going to be... Uh, Do you think Kurt dumped the canoe on purpose? He might have, might have just to see if Max could swim. Yeah. Max is a man of Manitoba boy, so he knows his way around the around the water and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, he might he might have just for a little kick. But uh, I know Kurt's very committed to this journey and committed to uh, to this process. So uh, we're going to do our best to to make sure that it happens. In your career in the National Cross, you've been a part of some brand new franchises in Ontario and Syracuse. You were in Edmonton, sort of in their early stages. What does it mean to to be a part of a brand new franchise in an area that, as you mentioned, doesn't really have a lot of lacrosse history? Well, I think uh, I think one Halifax is is a fantastic destination. I mean, the city itself. I don't know if you've been out there, but I mean, it's it's a it's a, an unbelievably lively city. The people there are absolutely fantastic, and you know there's. Uh, passionate about their sports and they're dying for for something to get behind and uh, you know we're going to you know the non-stop action that is the, the national lacrosse league and i think they're going to embrace it right you know you look at the success that happened in, in Saskatoon with the with the rush and i really see that that happening in that type of atmosphere uh, in halifax it's a fantastic building uh the community support has been unbelievable um, so I, I think it's going to be it's going to be very special and to be kind of in that grassroots component of it being the you know the first head coach uh, you know kind of leading the charge uh, in this new new adventure I think is uh, it's something really special and something I definitely am not going to take for granted. What's your coaching philosophy philosophy going to be like? Because obviously it's going to have to change dynamics from being just a sort of an O coach now being an overall encompassing head coach. Well, I look at it as, you know, I, I kind of, you know, when you start to think about what your coaching philosophy is, you, you kind of look at where you came from and mm-hmm. and the guys that you've had coaching. And, you know, you start to go down the list of guys that have had, you know, Russ Bartley, uh, Darius Kilgore, Eddie Como, Paul Berry, Mike Hayes. And, you know, those are, those are guys that are, are really hard to kind of recreate, right? So I think yeah. you kind of have to take the best of, of what each guy has given you and they've all given me different things and, and different ways of approaching things. You know, Eddie is very meticulous in the way that he prepares and, you know, he watches a lot of video and, and, and same with Mike, Darius brought that passion that, that was a Terry Sanderson, you know, so, so when you, you put all those things together, you try and, you know, you try and create something that you think 
you know, is going to be unique, but is also going to kind of get that, that same message across. And, uh, you know, the other thing you have to always, you know, take it in mind, it's a, it's a, it's a different generation, you know, yeah. from when we played. And, you know, you had the Terry Sanderson that would grab you by the mask and call you every name under the book, and it would yeah. carry you up so much you would go through the whole wall for them. You know, millennials are a little bit different, right? So you have to have a different approach, and I think you have to be, again, you have to be meticulous in your preparation. I think you have to uh, make sure that the way that you're presenting the information, um, you know, they're information overload. I mean, in the, in the world of, you know, social media, like that, you need to give them all that information so that they can absorb mm-hmm. it. They're, they're not going to be um, necessarily the same as when we played. So you kind of have to be able to adjust, you know, to not only to the, to the guys that you have on your team, but be able to adjust to the guys independently. Sometimes you can get in their face and yell and scream and, and that's going to motivate them and other guys, it's going to put them into a shell. So, uh, you know, my kind of philosophy is, you know, I'm going to be meticulous in my preparation, which I think I've always um, Two, I'm going to motivate them through, um, through positive, you know, positive reinforcement and, you know, if, if it takes a garbage can kicking every once in a while, well, I've seen garbage cans and pizza boxes thrown across the locker room. I don't think that that might not happen. So, uh, yeah. Again, I, like I said, I, I'm going to try and take the best of all the coaches that I've, I've done and yeah. I kind of put my own spin on things. And I think that's, you know, that's all you can kind of do is make sure that, one, you're prepared and, and two, that you're, you're able to motivate your players and have the respect of your players that, that they will go through the wall for you. And, and I'm hoping that I will have that opportunity to do that. How bad were the Syracuse Smash uniforms? They were the worst uniforms ever. <laughs> I don't know who thought of the design of having a guy holding a lacrosse with a hat on backwards. It might have even been Paul Gate. I don't know. I think it was. I think Rumors it have been. it yeah. that that was Paul Gate. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. Yeah. Their, their hat on backwards. Yeah. It has to be the worst uniform I think I've ever seen. But yeah. There have been some bad ones, but that's that one true. is definitely, I would say, top of the list. I, the only <laughs> ones I could say that are probably worse are the Brampton Excelsiors this summer. I don't know oh, if you've seen God, them yet. Oh, God, bug juices? Bazaar oh, the worst uniform I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So I can say the Syracuse Smash a second, but the Brampton Excelsiors are definitely yeah. Take my top pick for sure. Yeah, yeah. Were, were you in Syracuse with my brother or was that the year after? Uh, no, I was there when you were with your brother. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. how good of a teammate was old Freddie? Oh, Freddie was good. I mean, we actually had a really good group of guys. Yeah. Um, down there, we just, you know, we, it, it, I mean, the whole Syracuse team was, was a different animal, but, um, you know, from the top down, it was, uh, it was dysfunctional. But, you know, we had some great memories. It was a great group of guys. And uh, we had, you know, a good kind of a split of West Coast guys that would fly in and, we had some East Coast guys and some Ontario boys, and we had some Americans. So it was it was a mishmash of guys, and you know the product was kind of a result of it. I, think. <laughs> I remember uh, I was at Mercyhurst, and I came up to watch a game, and I stayed with all the boys in, in the Skyview apartments or whatever they were called. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, my brother and Dell and Bruce giving me all your guys' comps to say, stand out in front of the arena. Sell these tickets wherever you can. We're gonna need it for beer money after. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't, I couldn't give the tickets away. Yeah, yeah. You probably had about three bucks. That's yeah, yeah. All you got. Yeah, yeah. People are like, so where are these seats? And I'm just like, oh yeah, they're uh, second deck, right near the goal. Great seats. And having no idea what the Syracuse oh. Arena looked like inside. <laughs> oh, it was just terrible. Dude, were you in the visitor locker room? No, it was like an old steam room. They literally had. Like wire across between the two steam pipes that you would hang your jerseys on. Honestly, like the 
all, most awful arena I've ever been part of. Like it was just, it was, you know, when you, you always think like, I've always said, like, I want to put, I would love to put a book together of just like adventures of lacrosse guys. Oh yeah. And just, just the stories that you have. And not necessarily anything bad, but just the stories of travel and how many times your flight gets delayed. Yeah. I remember being a Roch in, I think it was 2006 or 2007. I remember we, we showed up at the, airport and the lady had printed the tickets well she had the tickets so when we when we showed up to the airport we had no tickets to get on the yeah. plane and they literally were putting their credit card down we were all standing standby and it was uh me Wendy, junior and uh i want to say it was schiller that ended up getting out that night we went for steaks and everybody else didn't get out till the morning and the next day we traveled back, you know, we had to go to Chicago. Our flight got canceled. We ended up renting vans, got a couple of cases of beer, drove back to Rochester. So, like, you just, those are the stories that kind of really, guys don't understand where the league is kind of, yeah. how, how, where it's come from and how far it's gotten. Um, but those were the days that really, you know, you kind of put your, when you start putting your memories together, like, those are the times that were just the best. I mean, yeah, they were frustrating at times, but when you look at it, the group of guys that you kind of went through that adventure with, it was just, it was awesome. I remember yeah. taking a, a sleeper bus from Rochester to Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, guys in bunks, guys playing cards, movies going on, people are trying yeah. to make phone calls and just – oh, yeah. We took a, an airport limo from Rochester to Montreal one year. Yeah. There's like you know, 15 we, of us and all the Rochester guys just cramped in a little horseshoe of a bus. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, we went to Buffalo. We were coming from Buffalo to Philly. And uh, we said to uh, to our general manager at the time, we said, like, hey, hey, like, if we can't get flights there, and at the time I think the flights were expensive, so they're looking at different ways. I'm like, let's take the sleeper bus, you know? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll take the sleeper bus. So we all showed up at the airport hotel where we stayed because, yeah. you know, the downtown, you know, hotel, you know, sponsorship got taken away for some reason. We're, we're still on Shanghai, but, uh, so we all meet there, leave our cars there. And in shows, like, honestly, it was like the, uh, the bachelorette van. Yeah. It was yeah. like the extended van with the neon lights and the leather couches all around the side. And we're like, okay, where's our bus? And they're like, this is the bus. So here is our gear is literally at our feet. Guys are lying on top of the gear, and we're traveling to Philly. Yeah, that gave us a good opportunity to win. Like, yeah. You know, those are things that you can't even, you know, when you think about it today, if they showed up and some of these young guys saw that, they'd be like, I'm not getting on that. There's not a chance. <laughs> yeah. We have a top on, plate cards on, you know, yeah. makeshift tables that you made out of cardboard. That's just the way you did it. And, uh, you know, those memories are, are priceless. Absolutely. It's going to be a uh, fun traveling for some teams getting to Halifax though, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, there is, there's good direct flights. I mean, out of Hamilton, there's, uh, there's some flights out of Hamilton and Toronto. I mean, Halifax, I mean, I think it can be dicey, but I think, uh, you know, again, it's just like anywhere else, you know, you, you, you fly there and you, you, you plan and you prepare and you do your best to get there on time. You know, two years ago, you know, for Rochester, we're flying out of, uh, on air Canada. Uh, going down to uh, Atlanta, I think. Our flight got canceled last minute. And they had you know, the, the special singer come in, and they had this big concert, and they're like, the league had said, you cannot miss this game. Everybody, you have to go to this game. So, you know, obviously we were trying all night to try and get on flights. We couldn't find flights. Finally, Kurt, you know, made some contact with people he knew. And these two small little 
planes ended up showing up at the private airport off to the side. And we were, you know, taking stuff out of our bags that we don't need, just taking yeah. the bare minimum, throwing it into the plane. You know, we had two stops to get to get gas on the way down there. Usually, we're an hour and a half late for the game. And, you know, you end up going and playing. I mean, it, it happens, right? Yeah. So it's like anything. You you hope and pray that everything kind of goes goes as it should, and for the most part, it usually does. What was it like growing up in Pelham? Was there a lot of lacrosse when you grew up? I don't know. Pelham Raiders. I mean, we had a pretty good uh, pretty good group of of kids playing when I was there. Mike Ladisser and uh, Shane Wright. Mike ended up going and playing professional hockey out in Europe, and Jeff Lardo. Guys that ended up playing junior. And Catherine, so we had a, we had actually a really good team. Um, you know, obviously it's a small community, it's a farming community, and you know, I grew up out in the, out in the woods, you know, hunting and fishing, and that's kind of that was my childhood, right? Riding dirt bikes and and building forts in the woods. That's kind of where I grew up, and I, I still love, you know, that that aspect of of life. But uh, you know, it was a small town. It was just like any other small town across Ontario that you know had a bar and had a lacrosse. The, yeah. you know the cross rink and you know some kids that were interested in playing and you know we did our best and we we would always battle with St. Catharines you know the Jay Lukes and Steve Coles we'd come in there and play the Spartan Warriors or the St. Catharines Golden Eagles I think they were called at the time uh, to this day we still have arguments as to who won I really <laughs> do think we won but uh, they, they tell me they tell me different well Toller will never be wrong no, Toler's never wrong. I don't know if anybody knows that, but Toler is never wrong. You can yeah. just ask him, and he'll tell you that he's always right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always a, it's always a good time uh, when Toler and I start talking about the the old days. Is that a guy that you could see getting a sniff as an NHL coach or NLL coach? Yeah, I think I think so. I, I think you know you look at the, you know the league continuing to grow, and you know he's he's put his time in in junior, and um, you know from all from all. You know things that are, you can see. You know he does a good job and he's prepared. And you know he's he's an old school coach. I think you know by the by the looks of him, he's right on the edge of the boards yelling and screaming. And uh, but I think he motivates kids, and I think that's that's a, a huge thing to be able to do uh, with this this type of generation that's coming up. So he's doing a good job in St. Catharines, and you know they're they're looking pretty good right now. So they'll be in for some tests in the, in the near future. But I think they're. Uh, their team to be watching for sure. You had the uh, lucky ability to have many of your goals called by two legends and John Gertler and Craig Wubzinski. Um yeah. Who gave you the nickname No Mercy? Uh, is that Ripper or is that uh, Kurt? It was it was Ripper. Um, yeah. Ripper definitely gave that to me. I think when I went back initially, I think when I was in um, when I was in Buffalo, they they were uh, calling me Magnum. Because you know, forty-four Magnum, right? And I was like, I don't know if this is really a great, great nickname. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, when I went to Rochester, you know, obviously, you know, Rip's a legend at that, and kind of yeah. came out one night, and it kind of stuck around ever since. And uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with it. It's uh, it's a solid nickname. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, uh, two questions. How interesting was it playing in Niagara Falls in the summer? Uh, well, you know, you, we, it was actually pretty good. I mean, like we had, uh, we had a team of misfit toys really, yeah. I think, but we had some really good young guys, you know, we had you know, Steve Dole, the, the Jay Lukes, um, Fennell on that team, Fennell, you know, we had Steve Fennell on yeah. that team. 
But then we had like Paul Day yeah. and, uh, you know, we, Bob Watson, who was like a, a senior B goalie at the time and, you know, got the opportunity. You know, Ryan Kells, another guy, goalie that kind of came out of nowhere. There was nobody expected us to do what we did that year. Yeah, it was like yeah, absolutely yeah. nobody. Uh, but again, you know, I give full credit to Terry Sanderson, um, you know, and his leadership and the, the way he kind of helped build that team along. And, you know, there's there's teams that are very talented and there's all the talent in the world, but they are a team. And then there's teams that really have great new players and, and great guys that, that come together in, in, in a, a united voice. And, and that's what he was able to do with that group of guys and motivated us and, and pushed us to, to our absolute limits against an all-star Brampton team that had, we had no business even being a part of, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we go out there and we win game seven to send us to the main cup. I mean, we didn't make out so well when we went to the main cup, but just the fact that we, we were able to do that as a first year team with really kind of everybody's cast off, you know, with a few good young guys mixed in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was pretty special. We had one of my favorite teammates, Andy Turner on that team. Yeah, Andy Turner was a junior call-up. Him, yeah, yeah, Tom Hayek. Yeah, they were in uh, I think fourth or fifth year of junior. I think they were in fourth year junior actually. They weren't yeah, even they came out much over it. the next year. Yeah, they came. They went out to Burnaby, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, here are these young kids that you know again they're twenty years old coming in and, and playing with you know Ron Shadley and you know rocking Ronnie Shadley on full yeah. day with their big wood sticks and uh, Dan Armstrong, another guy who was you know. A junior B, you know, kid guy from from Hamilton, but just a tough, tough, you know, hard nosed defender. So you know, you you put all these guys together, you know, these talented young kids that just come in and, and were seamless, you know, in the transition. A huge part of really was us getting to where we needed to be. They brought in some good youth and and energy and intensity, and like I said, it was the right time, right place, and yeah. the right group of guys. And it was, uh, you know, it was a special team. I was actually disappointed that we moved to Buffalo the following year. Right, and uh, became the Buffalo Gamblers, and that was kind of a one and done sort of thing. But um, you know, it's not always throw money at it and expect it to be better. I think it's, it's you know the group of guys that we really had were what made that team special and made that team successful. And, uh, the 2002 Man Cup. I hate talking about it. We got to talk about it. Um, <laughs> you guys have. Well, I'll talk about one. that. I have no problem talking. About <laughs> it. Yeah. Hey, you'll talk about that one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you guys had us three one. Um, we won that first game. You guys banged us three straight, and then we forced game seven. Uh, we even had you, I think, like 6-1 at one point. You did, yes. And uh, one of the greatest collapses I may have ever seen. But that was one of one of the greatest series I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a roller coaster, right? We, we knew yeah. it was a good team coming in, and you guys kind of gave it to us the first game. And, you know, we responded and made some adjustments, and – you know, really, we're on the right path to victory. And I think that's always the, the tough part of being up 3-1. It's like, well, if you lose a game, it's not a big deal. But, uh, you know, it's that it's that motivation. And, and, you know, you start to get, you know, a little bit of a sniff that, hey, we can do this, guys. And then you guys just kind of roar right back. And really, we're in control uh, of game seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we, we started to kind of click and then, we started to get to Matt Royke, who was your goalie at one at that point, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and I remember him coming out of the corner, and I I, uh, I hit him down. We got the ball. We ended up scoring. Well, he lost his mind. His only focus was now was trying to take my head off with the stick. And anybody that came near the crease, so you know Royke, you know short tempered on the best of them. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we just start chipping away, and, and I, again, like you know, you talk about a lacrosse series that that really people should be talking about. It was that one. It was, it was a crazy series of up and down, and you know, emotional roller coaster. Obviously, the right team came out on top, so you know, it's all, <laughs> all happy in our world. <laughs> that was actually my first man that I won. You know, yeah. the, the previous years I had been out, um, out in Victoria, and and. To be honest, the only place I've ever played a Man Cup, and I was in seven of them and coached in one, was Victoria. Really? I've always played against Victoria. I've never played against another team. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, I mean, and it goes to show you the the, the the amount of effort that that Victoria kind of puts into yeah. that that organization. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal and always uh, perennial. But, um, yeah, every time I've gone out, and whether it be coaching with with Peterborough or playing with the teams that I did, you know, playing with Peterborough a few times and, you know, playing with, with Brampton a few times. It was always against Victoria. That's crazy. Yeah. But the other is, there's nothing you can kind of get better than that. I mean, that, yeah. it's it, not to say that the atmosphere isn't great in the arena. Uh, but that, that old it's, bar yeah, downtown Victoria place to play even though we got pumped pretty badly <laughs> we went out there yeah what what an atmosphere and what a, what a group of fans that, uh, that, that organization has it's been pretty special well you guys are going to have some pretty special fans in Halifax I'm sure of it uh Mike congratulations on the appointment I know you're going to do great uh I'm sure we'll catch up soon but thanks for the chats and again congratulations and best of luck my man yeah thanks a lot and uh, anytime a couple years ago, the Rochester Nighthawks inducted Mike Akersey into their Hall of Fame. I happened to be there that night, and Mike talked about family, and he talked about teammates and the special role that they all played in getting him to where he was as a player at the end of his career. I have no doubt that as a coach, Mike will be a leader of men that will want to run through walls for him, and for their teammates. I think the Halifax Thunderbirds have found an absolute gem in Micah Kersey. Every time he came to the rink, he came to battle. He came to go to war with his teammates, and you knew it. As a teammate of his, you knew that you were going to get the best Micah Kersey you could get on that night. Mike was a consummate professional. He was a sportsmanlike player. He only took 60 minutes his entire career. But what I love about Mike McCursey is just his work ethic and professional attitude towards the game. He understands what it takes to win. He's been there. He's also seen what it's like to be a pretty bad team at times. And so when you've had the juxtaposition of being on both sides of the equation, being on storied franchises, being in brand new franchises, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't work, and you pick up tricks of the trades along the way. I'm so happy for Mike. I'm happy for the Halifax organization. They have a wonderful person for his head coach. I know he's going to build a heck of a coaching staff and a team that will be competitive right from the get-go. It helps. He's got a guy named Cody Jamison. They're going to be okay. I appreciate you tuning in for the first edition of the Summer Sessions. More guests coming up. Let me know who you'd like to hear from. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Thanks again to Micah Kersey, and thanks as always to you, the loyal listener of this show.
Until next time, enjoy the summer and be excellent to each other 